And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention stop what you're doing and listen it's the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier dkm and jcap and you have the nerve no no you have the nerve to sit there on your high horse and preach to these bottom feeding dwellers who sit in the chat room like Alliance blog, who's been doing this for over a decade and still only got 2,000 followers. Yeah, I see you're a jabroni and a ham sandwich, and I don't want to hear from you ever again about what the NWA is supposed to do. This is what pro wrestling is supposed to be. This is what the NWA is supposed to be. No, no, no. You don't tell anyone what the NWA is supposed to be, and you certainly don't lecture me about what the NWA is supposed to be. I made the NWA. Welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for ham sandwiches and jabronis. I'm your host, J-Cow. With me is former NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion, Kevin Lee Frazier. Kevin, what's going on, my friend? Brother. And for a show today. Yeah, for a show, for for show. And uh, also in the house, we got D. KM, the man with the plan. Welcome to the show, Mr. DKM. How are you? I am excellent. I am so excited. <laughs> because <laughs> our best friend gave us a shout out. I, I want to give a special shout out to Mr. Uh, Nick Aldis. You know, we've had we've had some good times over the years. I mean, whether it be you answering my questions at the NWA Nashville show or hanging out in China at that one crazy bar where the owner gave us free drinks. Um, just want to say thank you for the shout out. Uh, I hope that we get to see each other real soon. I'll make sure to bring one of these uh, nice uh, limited edition t-shirts for you. And uh, I can't wait to get back in Atlanta to shake your hand and say thanks, buddy. Because I really do appreciate the support and I really do uh, appreciate the enthusiasm and uh, that's all I wanted to say about that. Kev, I know you had something you wanted to, to say. Why don't you go ahead? I, I mean, I would just, I would really like to say thank you for the recognition. Um, you know, part of me ran over my head, like, like what kind of, what kind of promo would I have for Nick Aldis? Do I talk about, you know, 2009? in Corpus Christi, Texas when I was doing my tryout for the WWE and maybe Nikki James came over and anyways, I decided not to talk about that uh, 
you want to talk about, um, you know, the the my time as NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, and when Nick Aldis wasn't in the NWA, and was he even in the country? Who, I don't even know if anybody knew who he was at the time, uh, or or even if Nick even knows that someone that probably knows more about wrestling than him is even on this show, um, or someone that probably you know beats his work rate at least by double at least in my day or someone like myself who has at least one more prestigious victory over over a WWE world champion legend that he would never have nor ever will have um, you know just I, I, just, I wondered if I was going to take shots at him like that but I thought you know that, that wouldn't be a good idea all I really want to say is Nick thank you we appreciate the, the plug um, and you know when you're a yes man and you're uh, somewhat of a butt kiss you know yeah maybe maybe you do get a few more followers and a few more pats on the on the behind but at least on this show you're going to get a real opinion and you're going to hear the real truth and it's probably why you're not listening to the show Oh, hey, look at that. Somebody just bought a ham sandwich shirt. You can get those shirts. We and have... also, before before I finish, um, don't ask me anything about 2009 in Corpus Christi. Please, please, no comment. I have the video. Anyway, I guess it's my turn now. I'm so excited. And... For those of you who have not yet noticed yet, I have put the link in the chat. I'll probably put it in there a couple more times throughout the show. So, you know, be great and go buy one of those and wear them to your next NWA show. <laughs> now, I was kind of like Kevin. I was trying to think about, you know, how was I going to respond besides the big thank you? Because I mean, I really do appreciate it. I mean. More people probably heard about Lions Blog now than before, and that's just a positive thing. And people are going to now want to check out, you know, why we are as good as we are because, you know, we're honest, we tell the truth, and we have a lot of fun. We certainly have a lot of fun with the people in the chat room. And so, you know, I heard, you know, all this talk about, you know, himself, and hey, you know, I won't let the fact that I was an NWA fan you know, and learning about wrestling in the business, you know, for years before his daddy forgot to pull out. I won't bring that up. And... <laughs> you okay, Jay? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and, you know, I, I heard him say how he built the NWA, and I just want to say that Harley Race, Luthes... You know, Pat O'Connor, Ric Flair, the great Muda, all of them want to say thank you to Nick Aldis for building the NWA because we all know that if Nick Aldis had been champion of Billy Corgan Championship Wrestling, that, you know, he would have the same following and the same thing. And so we, we are thankful that you mentioned us, you know, from your place up on high. <laughs> and I don't know if Jay's live yet or not. And, you know, with that being said, I think we just need to go into the review of a show that 
you know, I believe most of us liked. So, um, yeah, without any further ado, let's let's talk about the show. Let's talk about NWA Power. The show that Nick Aldis built with his own two hands. Um, The show, I thought, was really a step forward in the right direction. Not only did we get more wrestling, there was an absence of somebody. And I don't know, the the show just felt like it ran smoother. It seemed less convoluted. I know there was some botches. I know there were some, some mistakes made. But at the end of the day, like this show was the best NWA Power episode since they've returned. I'm not going to say it's the best episode ever because, no, there were some flaws. There's some things that needed to be, that should have been better, that could have been better. But I think the way they kicked off the show, addressing the fact that Strictly Business robbed you, the viewer, of the main event last week, I felt like that was appropriate. I like the fact that uh, Billy Corgan addressed the situation. You know, that that's one of the drawbacks for professional wrestling is for so long you've had these scripted general managers, these... these um, front office guys on camera i mean nobody does it as well as our our friend adam pierce does for the wwe but since you know before adam that that role has been kind of dragged through the mud and it's been kind of like a pointless position but it almost feels like maybe that's what the nwa needs to kind of counteract nick aldis trying to call all the shots trying to call all the uh you know be the dealer if you will and uh it was kind of nice to have uh even though it was in the letter form uh William Patrick Corgan address the situation, levy fines, uh, docked pay, and I mean set up a main event that to me was a, I mean on paper should have been a great match. So I was very happy with the way the show started. Um, you know, it, and again, no Nick Aldis, no strictly business, and the show was just fine. Uh, Kevin, what were your thoughts on the way the show opened up? As far as how the show opened. Um... I, I, I don't know if I'm giving a total synopsis or are we just talking about the opening? Just just, uh, just the open. Re- remind me how the show opened. So we had Billy Corgan, uh, sorry, we had Kyle Davis at the podium Come reading out the letter. The okay. um, I mean, it was all right. It was okay. I uh, like the Billy Corgan running a wrestling promotion a lot like Jerry Jones. Real, real quick, real quick, real quick. I just want to say thank you to Dr. Lawrence Zirconium of Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators who just picked up his ham sandwich t-shirt. Thank you, Dr. Z. We appreciate your support. All right, let's 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 continue. Um, I was saying, uh, I feel like Billy Corgan being in charge of a wrestling promotion or being in charge of a wrestling show is similar to Jerry Jones being the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, having an oil man run a football team is probably similar to having a a rock a rock band lead uh, run a wrestling show. Uh, there's just going to be a lot lost in translation. So again, uh, it, I'd like to see a wrestling person uh, running this show. I think that would be more advised for a better product, even if it's an on-air uh, character just for the sake of uh, the audience and the credibility. But as a whole, it was all right. It, was, it wasn't great, but it was definitely, definitely from the get-go, the show started feeling a little more legitimate and a lot less like 
Carney Twilight Zone. DK, what were your thoughts? Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with Carney. Okay, is a is a brother. Brother, brother. Yeah. Uh, you know. I was glad they did something. I don't forgive them for screwing us out of the main event the week before. Uh, again, if you don't present what you say you're going to present, you present something better. So, I was glad they addressed it. My hope is now that it's addressed. I mean, I'm sure all this will come in in line, but, you know, let's, let's kind of be done with this bullcrap of the wrestlers. And, you know, all is trying to dictate every rule and every uh, every stipulation. The world champion defends his title because he's the world champion and that's what he does. You know, right. that's, the, that's the way it works. I, I, I want to interject real quick. I agree with you, Kay. Before I forget, I agree that not having the wrestlers run the show is a better deal. I'll, I'll jump out now. Uh, thank you to my co-host, Kevin Fraser, who just picked up his Ham Sammy shirt. Thanks, Kev. We really appreciate the support. <laughs> For the record, mine was gotten before the chat. So. Yeah, <laughs> DK's shirt is already ordered. So, anyhow, uh, so that's my hope. You know, even, ba- you know, even back in the day... Rick Blair or Harley Race or any of the champions, they might have gotten mad at the promoter, they might have gotten uh, mad at the NWA president or whatever, but when push came to shove, you know, they did what he said. And I, I remember one time Bob Goggle coming in and saying, you're either going to sign this match or you're going to give me the belt. Which one do you want to do? You know, it, we need more of that. And so... I agree. You know, and the thing it said the most was that, you know, the show didn't start off talking about Nick Aldis, but didn't start off with Nick Aldis. And that's always a good. Well, one of the uh, one of the points that Nick Aldis made during the post show when he was on with the uh, This Is Pro Wrestling Fellas, uh, where he made that uh, comments towards uh, towards this program, uh, he did mention that the, the, the authority that he has and the stroke that he has in the NWA because he wasn't even on the show and yet that entire uh, post-show uh, This Is Pro Wrestling was talking about them. So it, it, he does have a point that, I mean, even though he wasn't on the show, people are still talking about him. But let's do less of that, right? Because we have something better. We have uh, a commercial for the School of Morton. No, forget about that. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. You can't, you're not letting that one go. Not with me on the show, you're not. I first know. of all, first of all, I will say this. Not having all this on the show and unfortunately not getting to see Latimer wrestle. Yes, that I I I, I it does take a little away from the show, but it makes us want to see him too. And I think that's kind of what we've been, that's what we've been kind of alluding to. I think it's less criticism of like all this is ability to cut promos. I mean, he's top three in the, in the company, but I mean, it's just, it's more, it's less about him, more about the repetition of the same old, same old, uh, that, that we were really more being critical of, uh, 
and maybe some sometimes the way they do the promos, but I want to say that secondarily, if you want to see that exact same Ricky Morton skeleton of his video on a nationally multi-million dollar NWA show, if you want to see that same video skeleton, you can go onto my YouTube page where I made a little deadlift video on my iPhone and it's got the same the same the same transitions with the same music. <laughs> Bootleg bootleg go to you I'm telling you I got a workout video where I, I was making a joke about my deadlifting. It's not really a joke, it's just to be fun. I did this little one minute like trailer on my iPhone. And it's got the same music and the same transitions. And at least I had high quality video um, made on my iPhone. That Ricky Morton video was made on an iPhone. I'm telling you, I know it because I've done it. Bootleg. Put that old rinky dink. Man. Anyway, moving right along. Okay, so then we... Uh... <laughs> Much like the podcast, it took a little while for us to get to their wrestling show uh, during the um, during power. And in fact, I was keeping track. It was eight minutes and twenty one seconds before we had the announcement for that first matchup. Now, this was the TV title match, and again, probably one of the matches I most wanted to see in a very long time was Matt Cross, who won last week. He won the qualifying match against uh, was it uh, Marche Rocket, right? to get that opportunity to wrestle the Pope for the TV title. Uh, one thing that I noticed right off the bat is there was a, a pretty big disadvantage for uh, Matt Cross walking into the ring. He was about 40 pounds lighter than the champ. And, uh, you know, when you think about Elijah Burke, when he's in the land of giants, he doesn't look like a big dude, but you put him in there with Matt Cross, who's 191 pounds, and there's a significant difference. There's a different, uh, significant size difference. Um, there was a lot of respect shown back and forth in this match, which I, I kind of liked it because we've got Elijah Burke, who's probably the top baby face of the company right now. And then you had Matt Cross, who's a guy I think is very well respected within the industry and brings a lot to the table for the NWA. All in all, the Elijah Express wins the match and uh, the Pope walks out still champion now 4-0 or 5-0. What is it? 5-0? Five, five victories? Four. Yeah, yeah, his fourth for title, sure. Was that his fourth title defense? That was his fourth title defense. Okay. Yeah. So four. Um, Kev, what did you think of that match? I, I liked it. It was definitely one of the better matches we've seen in weeks in terms of just just the in-ring ability. Uh, fell a little short of my expectations in terms of uh, what I expect from those two, but that's not as, a, as like a that's not a negative what I'd like to see is I, I'd like to see him wrestle again to be honest um, just just to see I, I also feel like when you have two wrestlers that are in such good shape they have the ability to really put together uh, a match like that six minutes and five seconds just isn't enough time for those guys to really do what they do best and I just think it's something that the NWA really and again not, uh, all, all joking aside um, 
all criticism aside. But in reality, well, I got I guess it might be criticism, but it's just opinion. Uh, I really think it's it, it doesn't help that that division specifically uh, having such a short time limit, especially when you end up with a match that we have liked to see 12, 15 minutes out of. But all in all, really, really, really decent match. Really good work rate. Uh, not great, but really good. And I think they, again, one of the things, that, and sorry to harp on this, just a little, go a little too long here. But another thing that a match like this can create are a lot of these false finishes that you see today. And a lot of these, you know, kind of, uh, Izzy Godin does any, Izzy Godin does he, you know, kind of, kind of moments where you have the, the ooh-ahs, you know, especially late in the match. And you really can't have that with a six-minute and five-second match. Not because you can't fabricate those false finishes. I mean, you can go out there and call it. You can go out there and do it. But it takes time to build the emotion. And you don't have enough time to build that kind of emotion. The guys have to actually be tired for it to feel like they're exhausted. And there's no way that these guys should be exhausted uh, after six minutes. So, again, you, you're going to lose a little bit with that time limit. Again, 10 minutes would be ideal if they're going to put a time limit. But I'd like to see them drop it, drop the time limit altogether. Kev, what did you – I mean, it's DK, what did you think? It's gimmicky. I, just to go with something Kevin said, I don't like the 605 time limit. It's a little too gimmicky, a little too fast. I do like the idea of time limits because I think there are certain matches where draws are good. Mm-hmm. Now, and this could be one of them in that the champion only has to retain, doesn't necessarily have to win. That being said, I really was looking forward to this match. Um, I enjoy both men's in the ring work. If I had a constructive criticism for them, and what was kind of common throughout the show, the ring work was a little bit sloppy, and I felt like Matt Cross should have been more aggressive and quicker. Elijah Burke, the Pope, it's to his benefit not to have a quick match because he wants to, you know, he, he gets his victory, whether it's a draw or, a, or he wins. But in order to become the champion, you got to get in there and you got to pin a guy and, you know, basically under six minutes. And so the challenger should always come out aggressive. And this is a match where they could have done a lot of chain moves together. I think they both got the talent to do that. But I didn't feel like they did. Okay, so that's enough of that. Because I enjoyed the match as it was. I really enjoyed it. It was, as Kevin said, above almost everything that they've put out since they've returned. And... uh and probably on the show, it has been above everything they put out. You know, there are some better matches on pay-per-view. And, you know, I don't really have much more to say about that. More, please. Yeah, more more of that would be great. And, oh, hey, uh, Big Clumsy is now following us on Twitch. Thanks for the follow, uh, Big Clumsy. I think that might be NWA Gold. I could be mistaken. Okay, uh, so as we go... As we keep going on, uh, we co- we get the Austin Idol commercial. Do we need to talk about these? No. Uh, the next up is the non-title tag team match. Now, 
This was kind of interesting because this is the first time since the tag team champions won the belts that they've actually had a match where they where they were on the same team and it was a just those two guys. It was the first time Kratos and Stevens has teamed together in a tag team match again since they won the titles back in December. So it was very interesting to see that work in the minutia. Um, you could see where there was some reluctancies to make the tags. Obviously, uh, you know, Kratos is still kind of the heel here. And, and we've got Aaron Stevens, who's portraying the babyface. And I do say portraying the babyface. Um, it felt very much like, like this thing could have exploded at any minute. But then they kept it together. So that I thought was kind of cool. The team of Marche Rocket and... Uh, and uh, Fred Rosser, not a bad team, not a bad pairing. Uh, Joe Galley said that they had a similar look, which I, I that was kind of a little, uh, that, that left me like, I mean, are we just talking about the color of their skin? Because they didn't really have a similar look at all. Um, they were a good tag team, though. And I think that if they stick around, that they could have a future in the NWA. Um, the other two things that I wanted to point out in this match is that... Um, Kratos and, and, and Fred Rosser actually have a lot of history. For those of you who don't know, they uh, both are in New Japan Strong, where they faced off in tag team matches and on one-on-one matches quite a bit. So they've shared the ring with each other at least three or four times before this match. And I kind of felt like you could see the chemistry there a little bit when they were working together. This wasn't a great match, but it certainly wasn't a bad match. DK, what did you think of it? I thought... I thought it was as good as it could be, given the circumstances. Kind of gone down on Kratos. I he doesn't look as sharp to me as probably a guy who's holding a world championship should. I mean, we just recently lost uh, Don Carnoodle, who held the NWA World Tag Team Championship with both uh, Sergeant Slaughter and. Ivan Kolon. And while he was nothing more than a quote-unquote mid-carter, you know, he had a sharp look and he he executed well in the ring and he fit tag team wrestling well. And he was believable as part of the world tag team champion. I'm, I'm just struggling with Kratos. And I see what they're doing. I mean, we've talked about what they're doing with the uh, Stevens and and uh, Kratos and I hope they you know pull the trigger on it quick I I, I don't want to go through a full other set of TV tapings without this being resolved so so that's my hope my hope is that they pull the trigger on it quick and you know like I said the match was as good as it could be under the circumstances of what they're trying to do Kevin, what do you think? So, um, what, okay, Fred Rosser is Mr. No Days Off, right? Right. And then the other guy, please tell me his name. All Day Marche Rocket. So you have Marche Rocket, so you have No Days and All Day. <laughs> so there's a team name, there's a team name waiting to happen with those two guys. Um, you know, thrown together teams are are becoming just such a common thing on this show. 
So I know DK's not a big fan of that. What I want, this actually to me is a match that really favors the style of Aaron Stevens because he is a good storyteller in matches. And I felt like they they made a good effort in what they're trying to do. I just, again, it kind of comes back to what, um, what DK always talks about, keeping it simple. You know, you only need like one or two moments of like angstiness between the two guys to get what you're trying to go with. So I think they had too much of that in the match. They should have had some just good, solid work with less story uh, and then let the story kind of play out maybe at the end of the match with maybe one little spot in the middle that kind of, it makes it so much easier for the wrestlers because wrestlers are used to wrestling matches and putting like a match where the whole match has this kind of improvised or imposed story on the match really throws off the psychology that you're of, of a regular wrestling match. Uh, the other thing I have to say is, you know, the part of the, just a part of, there's a part of me that hopes, I have hope, guys, that this is all a big charade by Aaron Stevens and that, and that him and Kratos look like they're going to break up. It looks like it's going to be something. And then Aaron Stevens flips back to Aaron Stevens. They high five. And if they're going to carry the belts into the next television tapings, I feel like that's what needs to happen. Because I really miss Aaron Stevens' character. Like, I really, really like his character. It's funny, I didn't know I liked it as much as I do until it's gone. And again, absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> and like I said, I, I really I miss his promos. I miss the, the comedy. You know, I miss the awkward, the intentionally awkward moments that he would create. Uh, and I just think he's got way too much character to be playing such a bland character. And again, maybe if, if this, if that is the plan and that's where they end up going with this, I'll be very happy with that. Uh, I just wish they could keep it a little simpler, but that's what I would love to see. Well, I, I, I have to agree with you real quick, and I, I have that same feeling too, because let's not forget that he is the actor, right? The whole first two seasons were all about him going to Hollywood and making movies. So I, I do feel like this is just a show, this is a facade, and maybe that's just wishful thinking. Maybe that's on me. But I, I feel you, Kevin. I, I feel like this... This is just the, uh, this is a, an unnecessary swerve that we'll get later. Maybe when we get the, finally get the War Kings challenging, uh, you know, uh, Kratos and Stevens. Maybe Stevens will flip that switch. Maybe he'll get dropped on his head and revert back. I don't know. But uh, I, I feel like this is, uh, you're, you're pretty much onto something. Can I jump in real, real quick? Please do. Uh, I really like, I really like all the, uh, names that we're trying to throw out there <laughs> for Rosser and uh, gosh, tell me his name again. Uh, Fred Rosser and Marche Rocket. Marche Rocket. Uh, yeah, I really, I, I really keep throwing out names, guys. I bet one of them sticks. Let's let's <laughs> list them real quick. We've got the Day Traders, the Day Walkers, the Midday Express, and uh, <laughs> uh, I know DK like the Day Traders. I I mean. I'm only going to be with that if they start talking about Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency. (laughs) 
Oh man, well you have all day and no days, so you know, all day no days. I don't know, who knows? But half uh, day, half day. (laughs) I like those half days. Come home, eat a eat a lunch, take a nap. Uh, Anyways, moving right along. Okay, so I guess I did forget a segment, and I'm sorry I did because I felt it was such a compelling segment. I don't know how I forgot about it, and that's Melina and Taryn Terrell talked about the number. Uh, the talked about that matchup between Camille and Thunder Rosa. Uh, I mean, I know it was filled with uh, a lot of intensity and a lot of you know viciousness. DK, what were your thoughts? Uh, I muted it, <laughs> Kev. I forgot it happened, um, but you know, again, I I don't I don't not like Melina. I just feel like she's kind of hit or miss sometimes. She just just hit or miss. She when she's on, she's really good. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I like Karen Terrell's character. I, I do. I do too. I mean, it's supposed to be. It is what it, I mean. She's what she's supposed to be. And I think that if we just need more stuff like that where it's just A plus B equals C or 1 plus 2 1 plus 1 equals 2 um, because it's like if everything is a swerve if everything is convoluted there's no stability and there's no there's nothing like you need you need a little control in order to make the instabilities or the swerves mean something it helps it mean more, and so I like it. I like that her character is what it is, and it's very predictable. Um, I think they need a little more of that. Real quick, well, I, I want to. Real quick, I just want to say thanks to Larry. Larry purchased two of the ham sandwiches shirts. So, Larry, I appreciate you, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, I, you weren't kidding, Lamb. These are hot selling T-shirts. You can get yours at Streamlabs. Uh, just follow the merch link on alliance-wrestling.com. Or we've placed the link up here a couple of times. If you can see it, grab it. DK and just posted it right now. And uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, uh, DK, you were about to say something before I cut you off there. Well, I was going to say that... Uh, saying hi to Carrie here. I was going to say that... I, I agree with Kevin that Terrell... She is her character. She's doing it well. It's a fun heel character. And if this had been Melina and Terrell talking about a match between themselves, <laughs> I probably would have. I probably would have listened and enjoyed it. I'm just honestly, if I can say this, because we all know how much I love Thunder Rosa, but I'm just tired of that. Yeah. Well, and I'm tired of these two being involved in that. So yeah. it's like. The, uh, but yeah, for the character, I'm sure I love Taryn. I mean, she she's a fun little fixing character. I, mean, I don't have anything against her. So, and, and again, we're kind of focusing on some of the things that we would tweak or whatever. Overall, the show is good. I gave it a yeah. solid B in my own personal scoring thing. So, I mean, I, you know, let's not get down on, you know, I don't want people to think we were down on the show. I, we enjoyed it. Yeah, very, very much so. And, and, and to to your guys' point, um, you know, they even mentioned that Taryn Terrell's been injured. That's why she hasn't been able to compete. And I don't know if we would see her in matches if she was healthy. But 
you got to believe that they're at least planting the seeds now that at some point Taryn and Melina are going to face off in the ring. And that's that's perfectly acceptable to me. I like the way that they're building it nice and slow. They're starting off as the buddies of, you know, the, the main attraction in the women's division. And they're going to break it down slowly. Speaking of the women's division, and I know this is kind of off script, did either one of you check out AEW Dynamite to see Serena Deep defend that NWA Women's Championship against uh, Velvet Red, Red Velvet, whatever her name is? I did not. I didn't know that that happened, but I've been kind of wondering about it. Well, she just she just got back from her injury. She had a, an a arthroscopic knee surgery, so she'd been out, and that's why she wasn't at the TV tapings. But she's cleared to wrestle, and even Fight Now is advertising her for when our shadows fall, the uh, NWA pay-per-view coming up in just just about two weeks. So, uh, uh, DK, did you see the match? I, I didn't see it. I, I don't have cable, so I, I totally missed it. I'll be honest, it's recorded. I haven't gone back and watched it yet. I have heard it was good. Yeah. I've heard it was cool. Hearing, hearing a lot of positive about it, so I can't wait to see it um, when it eventually makes its way to YouTube. But it's pretty exciting that... We're talking about a women's division in the NWA, and and momentarily, you know, in a few days, the pay-per-view, we're going to have Serena Deep defend the title. We don't know for sure who it's going to be against, whether it's Camille or Thunder Rosa, but the fact of the matter is that 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 relationship with the NWA and AEW is finally going to bear some fruit in the opposite direction. We're going to have Serena Deep and AEW talent come to the NWA to defend the Burke, and I think that's pretty exciting. It is, and and Deep's a very good professional wrestler, a professional wrestler. Yeah. So, I mean, she's really good. Anything that she can be a part of and do and match, you know, you're you're probably going to enjoy it. Uh, Dave Dave Scoob uh, Dave Scooby said that Serena was playing the heel, and Chris Drummond said it's already on YouTube. So yeah, after the after this episode's over, guys, head over to the AEW. I don't normally uh, encourage people to go watch that that brand, but of course the women's title is defended on there. It should be checked out. Um, next up, we have Thunder Rosa, who was supposed to be taking on Camille. And this was supposed to be the match with the stipulation that the loser has to stay in the NWA. I mean, I know that's not the exact stipulation, but that's kind of what it amounts to. Um, and instead, because of Billy Corgan's uh, proclamation, Thunder, uh, Thunder Rosa would not be wrestling Camille. Um, she, in fact, would be wrestling Genocide instead. Now, that's kind of interesting because um, they didn't really specify that early on. In the broadcast, they didn't specify that Camille wouldn't be defend or wouldn't be uh, in that match, and it just kind of like okay, now you have Thunder Rosa and Genocide. Uh, the other interesting thing about that too is that uh, there was a lot of advertisements from both talent and the NWA uh, advertising conflicting matches, so we always knew something odd was going to happen. But uh, sure enough, Thunder Rosa uh, versus one of her proteges, Genocide. The match wasn't great. Um, in fact, the match was probably one of the worst matches for the women that they've had since uh, the return. And that's not to take away from Thunder Rosa. She's a beast. She's amazing. And I've been really impressed with Genocide. But for whatever reason, this match didn't really gel for me. Um, Kevin, what did you think about this match? And uh, what were your thoughts? 
You know, what had me scratching my head was... Actually, I want to make reference to one comment on here. Um, somebody said, um, oh, I thought this was the... Oh, they don't hate on the NWA in this podcast, or I thought that's what they do. I'm up to in the wrong podcast. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Who um, said that? In there somewhere. I'm I'll look for it. it. Wait, they enjoy the NWA. Lamb Sandu. Wait, we enjoy the NWA? I thought we were all haters. Damn it, wrong podcast. <laughs> uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. I also like what Kokuchi said. Just had a thought while I'm eating my ham sandwich. More people know Molina than know Nick Aldis. Burn. Uh, anyway, <laughs> true. Nick, Nick, Nick getting some heat in the in the alliance in the alliance chat room, which is great. That's what we need. Nothing wrong with some heat from a heel. He's a heel, guys. Newsflash. Um, anyways, yeah. I, here, here's here's the problem. When I, I'm scratching my head, going. Why? Why did they just now decide to start giving us wrestling matches in a wrestling show? We've been watching all this, all this time, and now we finally get like a good chunk of wrestling. That had me scratching my head. The other side of it is, hey, I know for a fact neither Thunder Rosa nor Genocide were trying to go out there and have an okay match. They were going out there and try to have a good match. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. Uh, I felt like there was a little that that's that's what we had in this match it just I think you give them another match I think they'd be fine um but also I think this is the problem you run into when you don't have enough wrestling matches on your show is that you know now you don't have like five to ten, five six seven really good matches to kind of hold these matches up to and so you end up going you know it's kind of like you go oh man well we finally got some wrestling so you know, I better take what I can get. It shouldn't be like that. And as a wrestler, I know that, you know, you need reps for for things to work good. And I think that a lot of it is that they haven't developed much continuity in the way they, they present it. And so it's kind of like, I was just shocked that we got so much wrestling on this show. And again, this is kind of funny. It's like kind of like DK said earlier. It's like, I'll take okay wrestling from Thunder Rosa and Genocide over these bunk, bootleg whatever the heck storylines with these crazy, you know ideas on, what is it where they had the two girls out at the same time or what would they call that? The the summit The summit, you know, give me a match and so, I was happy that we got matches, I'm not gonna lie, like I was just happy to watch some wrestling, even if maybe the work in the ring wasn't as good as we know we can get from both of them. It's like, again, not every football game is a perfect game to watch, but it's still, if you're watching two good teams go out there, it's still good. It's still good to watch. That's kind of how I felt about that match. DK, what about you? Uh, I liked it more than you did. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that there was something that didn't click between the two of them. And, you know, Kevin says sometimes that happens. Just for whatever reason, you don't get in sync, you don't do it. They wrestle 50 more times. They probably have 50 different matches, and most of them will be good. Yep. Uh, you know, teacher versus student, I, it, it wasn't terrible. It, it was, it was on a, it was okay. All right. 
That's what I'll say. It was okay. And I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the other matches on the show, but I was kind of at the point where, like Evan was saying, I was just glad to be seen wrestling. There were four matches on this show. I mean, you know, which is what they should have for for the show. And uh, I, I'm not going to really complain about it. And I, I want to make it clear, too, that I, I didn't dislike the match. I'm actually, I'm really getting into genocide. I think that she has a bright future ahead of her. I hope that she sticks around the NWA and kind of helps build that up. I mean, we know Thunder Rosa's on a on a limited time. You know, the, her window is going to be shutting by January. She will be elsewhere, and if she's not, I'll be shocked. But you know, we don't know that about Genocide. We don't know that about Alexia Graciana or Sky Blue. And I hope that relationship continues to blossom with Mission Pro Wrestling out there in Buda, Texas, and the National Wrestling Alliance out in Atlanta, Georgia, and and to see those talents kind of come back and forth. I'm all about that. I'm all good for it. And by the way, Lamson just said that Satoshi Kojima, former NWA world champion, is coming to Impact. And uh, wow, that's a great catch for Impact. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say was Lam also pointed out that they had three referees uh, on the NWA program, and one of them was awful in that Camila and Rosa match. Uh, yeah, I hope that referee doesn't uh, make it to the next pay-per-view. So that brings us to Tyrus and Austin Idol. And again, every time I feel like I hate Austin Idol and I hate Tyrus, they do something that's kind of interesting and a little bit more clever and a little bit more toned down, and it's interesting. And this is one of those times where you got a more toned down Austin Idol and a more over-the-top Tyrus. And I, I kind of thought this was a good segment. You know, they're on there holding on to, to Tyler, uh, excuse me, uh, to, to Kevin Kyle Davis. Wow, that was hard for me to say. And they actually announced about eight of the participants in the 14-man battle royal. Um, the segment was kind of good. I'll, I'll go through the names here in just a minute. But DK, what did you think of this moment? What did you think of this uh, promo? Did you did you mute this one? Uh, no, I didn't. I wondered if I might need to when my idol came out, but he was on his more controlled. And he actually had me laughing when he was throwing his arm and still have the 22 inch guns and I that's the most I've ever enjoyed Austin Idol since he's been on the show and you know but he was used properly and he was used right he wasn't he was boisterous but he wasn't loud and uh, he was funny when he needed to be funny he was a little bit serious when he needed to be serious good work dude I liked it and Especially those arms, man. Still got those arms. <laughs> Still got them. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing about Tyrus. He can talk. He's a good talker. And he can t he talks right for his type of character. Whereas Idol's kind of the loud, boisterous one. He's kind of the calm, smooth-talking one. And, uh, you know... If they continue to use him, hopefully he's used this TV break to, you know, do like Stevens and, you know, get in some better shape and everything. It's my problem with Tyrus throughout this run has just been 
seems like every time he gets in the ring, he gets tired and he's blown up by the time he gets up the steps. And so I don't know that they've used him right. I don't know that they've booked him right. But just as far as being able to get over on talking, hey, you know, the NWA's got four good talkers right now. And uh, just to go back to something I didn't get to chime in on earlier when we were talking about uh, Aaron Stevens and whether it's going to be a swerve or not, you know, I'm also kind of hope for it. But now that we're all talking about it, now I kind of hope that it's not that thing. But either way, I hope that a well-spoken Aaron Stevens comes out because right now he's kind of boring when he talks. And we enjoy Aaron Stevens' face or heel. I mean, I've seen him at work as a face and he's done really good. So face or heel, I hope he he turns on that, that element of himself where he's just that excellent talker that, you know, you can just really get into what he's saying. In this case, I, you know, I was really getting to who Tyrus was saying, I was saying, and uh, I can't say he made me excited about the the battle royal they're getting ready to have, but I can say I always love his interactions with uh, you know Bald Kyle, what if Davis, whatever his name is. Yeah, Kyle Davis. <laughs> Kyle has excellent facial expressions. I. I enjoy those two. Um, a little worried that, you know, Tyrus might start taking him out on dates or something sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, other than that, uh, they work well together. And, you know, I enjoyed that. I, it, for an interview segment, I enjoyed it. So some of the names that are listed for the Battle Royal. Now, Tyrus is the number one entrant. So him going the distance, I mean, that's really going to be a test of his conditioning and everything else. Um, I mean, we all have kind of this foregone conclusion who's going to win the Rumble. But also in the Battle Royal would be no days off Fred Rosser. Mims. Mims actually did an interview with our friends over at This Is Pro Wrestling Podcast. You guys should check it out. You kind of get to learn a little bit more about the, uh, the, the man that is known as Mims. Um, we also get his mentor, Jeremiah Plunkett. Um, All Day, Marche, Rocket, Matt Cross, Slice Boogie, and somebody named Tiki Bar... Bar... Bland? Bar Bland? Bar Band? I don't know who... Bar Blonde? I don't know who that is. I I, I don't know. Maybe that was an inside joke. But the, it had uh, it had them uh, laughing. So maybe it was just a gag. But, I mean, that's, that's eight competitors for the 14-man Battle Royal with six men remaining. Um... Kevin, are you excited at all for the Battle Royal? Uh, I, I mean, I kind of think I know what's going to happen. <laughs> Just being honest. Yeah. But I do love a good Battle Royal. Uh, I mean, my 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 predictions are that you're going to see Trevor Murdoch win that Battle Royal um, because of the timing. They said, well, it's going to be in three weeks. So it's going to be a week after he's been off. It's going to be in three weeks. Um so my guess is Trevor Murdoch's going to be in the Battle Royal. He's probably going to be the last person they announce. It's probably going to be some high drama around him getting in it. Uh, but I do love a good Battle Royal. There was also uh, 
I do want to point this out. It was, I found this announcement today from uh, Pro Wrestling Insider that uh, there's been a title match announced for July 24th in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Nick Aldis will be defending the 10 pounds of gold against Trevor Murdoch. So that was uh, something that was just announced today on PW Insider, Mike Johnson. And uh, that certainly could potentially play a part in what happens at this pay-per-view because, um, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, who's going to win, who's going to lose, but if we get to the pay-per-view and Trevor Murdoch is your challenger and there's a rematch that's already scheduled for July 24th, there's a good possibility that we could potentially see a title change. We could see so much happen. So I'm kind of excited if it is Trevor Murdoch just to see what's going to happen. And if it's not Trevor Murdoch, it's still, he's a good challenge to the 10 pounds of gold, regardless of uh, what happens. At- um, before we move on to, I would like to see maybe a couple of surprise entrants in that just for fun. <laughs> Chris Drummond said it's going to be Enzo. He's going to win it. Oh, burn. So, oh man. So that brings us to the main event. A match that I honestly was looking forward to so much. It's a match that's been on the tip of my tongue since I saw both tag teams were now part of the NWA. It's a match that probably should have happened on episode two of the return of NWA Power. And I'm talking about the end. Odinson and Paro taking on the War Kings, Jax Dane and and Crimson. And it, it looks like Crimson's okay. It looks like he's fine from the bump that he had last week. Looks like Jack Zane was in perfect health. He looked good in this match. Um, DKM, I got to get your opinion on this tag team match. I know you, I think you're a fan of tag team wrestling the way I am. What did you think about this match? Well, you know, we'll get to the early criticism. Like some of the other matches, it was a little sloppy. But take that out. It was big men doing big men things. I have fallen in love with Odinson. I I actually want to see him as a singles wrestler. I really do. I think he'd be great. And, and nothing against Paro. But uh, just uh, it was it was good. It was exciting. And you know what was the most exciting thing about that match and the entire show? There were no stupid stipulations in any of them. None. They were all straight up wrestling matches. And uh, that's what we needed. And so I was pretty happy. And, you know, uh, I guess if I had one other thing to just kind of point out, I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad that the end lost because basically as a team they're 0-2 right now and there was a little bit of controversy at the end I'll let Kevin dig into that but you know it's just this is why there are enhancement matches on things imagine if this match had been done if these two teams had been wrestling every other week or whatever and you know just going over some of the makeshift teams that they put together you know then it's exciting to watch these hey they've been beating everybody up now they get to face each other so again that's a booking issue but uh as far as the match was concerned i liked it i was happy with the winners 
Kevin? Again, love seeing big dudes go out there and beat the heck out of each other. I like a lot of the tandem wrestling. I as well was super impressed with Odinson. Um, I really just like, I, I mean, I think him, I'd like to see him face off against Latimer. It would just be combustible elements. Um, but don't give me no 605 time limit either. I want to see those, I want to see them boys get blown up. Uh, I want to see them both laying there on a double down, breathing hard for real. Um, so I'd love to see that. Um, you know, I want to like Carol. Like, I want to. Like, I want to. But I just, they're just, they're just something of, something I'm just not. He, again, when you see him in there with Odinson, you can see the, the difference of intensity um, in terms of, and again, people's personalities. I'm not saying that, that you got to be all demonstrative to be intense, but there was also some interesting communication stuff that I noticed going on between them two. Some kind of like head scratching moments. And again, I'm not on the inside. I don't know what's going on. Uh, probably trying to set up a hot tag and want to make sure the right guys in the ring at the right time. Love uh, the workings. Kind of like uh, what DK said, I would have just liked to see more. Like, it would have been great to see them wrestle a few matches and then come out and do this. Because again, I, I go back to like that repetitive nature and I think that's why you saw kind of sloppy matches because a lot of these matches were the first time a lot of these wrestlers have wrestled each other uh, or again it's just having a rhythm of having more wrestling on the show will always produce better wrestling and so as a whole I, I, I liked the match I enjoyed it like I said there was some some slobber knocking there were some trade offs of uh, some big shots getting thrown which I love wasn't a bunch of like filler stuff where they go outside the ring and slam each other on the apron or you know like they actually put some work into the match uh as far as the finish goes hey i have no criticism of what they did like i actually kind of like the idea of a controversial finish I, I like that idea because how many how many sports games have we watched where we're like no no the ref screwed it up you know but when I was doing my trials for WWE, Art Anderson pulled me to the side and he was like, look, when, it, when the guy is going to drop an elbow and you're going to move, you know, you know you're going to move. You know he's going to miss. So you don't have to move early. Like, wait till the very last minute because it's a work. Like, that's part of, like, the beauty, the magic, the sleight of hand, the how did he miss him? There's just a timing issue I felt like there at the end where it was just so obvious that, like I said in our chat, they botched the botch. Like, it was a botch, intentional, but they botched the intentional botch by it being so obvious that the ref's sitting there just looking right at looking right at him, lift his shoulder up, and then counting it anyway. So, again, I, I those, those are little, that's a little thing that I think, you know, um, my wife still thinks Ronda Rousey beat Becky Lynch. Or didn't lose to Becky. See? She still thinks because Ronda Rousey's shoulder was up on the pin count. That's the kind of controversy they're really trying to create. But again, that that's something that you need 
to, it needs to be a little more well done. And again, I'm not trying to apples to apples compare those two things. I was just bringing it up because I knew she'd react. But um, no, I just think I just think that was the only real thing for me. But as a whole, like I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. I my problem with it, and I I enjoy all four of these guys. And uh, I don't have a problem liking Paro. I think Paro is great. Um, I wish we could see more of the Paro that completely decimated Jordan Clearwater than the than than the one that we've had recently. And he, I mean, he looked he looked to be blown up in this match. There was a point where he went for uh, where Odinson went for the tag, and Paro kind of just shoved him off. And I don't no, know if that no. I don't know if that was part of you know you know being in the right place at the right time i don't know if that was planned or if he was just blown up and couldn't get back in the ring but it, Jay, it, I had the same thought. I, sorry to interrupt but i had the same thought because i i went back and watched it and i was like okay because i watched the succession of events that happened afterwards my guess giving them the benefit of the doubt is that they're trying to set up kind of the finish of the match and they need the right guy in the ring for the for the right stuff but I thought what you thought too. I thought, is it blown up? Is that why he didn't want to go in there? Maybe he's a little blown. And if that's yeah, again, attack right back out. It's not like you can't. It's not hard. And if that's the case, I mean, if that's the case that it was they were trying to swerve it to get the right person in the ring, man, they should have done a better job of editing that part out because it was like they could have, you know, they they, they had that laser focused right in there. Like a different camera could have been maybe a little bit more beneficial at that point. Because in that right. moment, it just looked like he was done with the match. Like I'm, I'm, I'm finished. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's like, from what I know of Paro, I don't believe that to be true. But it just in that instance, it didn't look great. It didn't look good. Didn't look good for him. Didn't look good for the tag team. But to both of what you guys said, a couple of hosses in the ring doing hoss things. I was all about it. I got pumped up for that match. I was really excited to see it. Um, the finish didn't bother me one bit. I was totally good with the referee missing the shoulder coming up because that creates controversy that you could book something off of that down the road. You have a legitimate claim. Now, if, if war Kings win the tag titles, um, which, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. If they win the belts, you know, you could have, you could have the end say, Hey, wait a minute. You guys didn't even really beat us. That should have been us challenging for those title belts. And now you have a storyline that makes sense. And it's not super convoluted either. Um, so, I mean, that was the show. Yeah. Going on some of that. Uh, oh, my God. I'll, I'm I'll be honest. The chat right now is just on fire if you guys haven't. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> but, you know, the part you're talking about with, uh, you know, Zephyr, I, I, I mean, I just saw it as sloppy, not necessary. I, I didn't try to read anything else into it. I just kind of thought it was a sloppy moment. And I think Kevin kind of nailed it. I don't have a problem with it being controversial at the end. Jay went black again. There he goes. Uh, I don't... I don't have a problem with it being controversial. I'm like everybody else, you know, is talking about. I think it sets up intrigue and a possible rematch. I, Kevin just nailed it when he said it was so obvious that the referee saw it. And you almost saw him hold his count as in like, I don't know what to do now. And uh, and look, I've seen that before. David Manning did that world class when uh, Kevin Von Erich was pinning Chris Adams one time. Chris Adams' shoulders accidentally popped up. 
and Dave Manning just kind of like paused for a second and then counted three. <laughs> it, it popped up and popped back down. And it was just like, but to me, this is where, you know, I'll talk about their promoters, even WWE, where the referees are supposed to basically be shooters. They're supposed to do the they're supposed to do the counts and they're supposed to do the thing and call it as if it was a true real match. And I think if he had just stopped the count at that point, it would have been up to the guys to do something again real quick and, you know, got a got a different version of a controversial pin. You know, uh, I think the ability to call things on the fly has kind of disappeared. And, uh, you know, Kevin might have more to say about this, but I think the ability to work has kind of disappeared disappeared a little bit too. And a lot of people don't know what it means when they say, you know, work a wrestling match. But the whole working is the idea that, you know, we're making it look real, but we're really working together. And, but they're not supposed to know we're working together. They're supposed to be thinking it's real. And so that's why things were called on the fly or you wrestled the guy so many times that you just knew what to do you know Jim Ross tells the story of uh, Harley Race and Dory Funk where Harley Race was defending the title against Dory Funk and they go it was going to be a draw and they go well what do you want to do do you want to do like we did and you know uh in uh, Florida, or you want to do like we did in Texas, or you know, how, what do you want to do? And so they picked a match, and you know, Jim Ross says he goes, "I never heard either one of them call a thing the entire match. They went sixty minutes just wrestling." That's incredible. You know, it, and, and sadly, it's a lost art. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's my true. three. That's my three cents for the show. For the show. Overall, well, hey, me, 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 overall positive stuff. Chase Owens wrestled 30 minutes with probably just three spots called for the house down. Um, well, it's also how you practice. But I, I, I would say if I'm in that situation, the most thing that's going to make me the, the thing that's going to make me the most uncomfortable if I'm wrestling for the NWA right now on their TV shows is the short time limits. Um, because it makes it really makes you feel really pressed to get everything together and what I don't understand is with an edited show a taped show like they could they could make it so much better you know and again this is like look I know they call us NWA haters on here but we we've already defended ourselves but that's not why we're here it's just something that I'm going man get you a good editor get you somebody that really is good at that in this show that this this season would be better had they had better editing as a whole it would have actually been better um i feel like had they edited the edited it it, it better uh that, that that's just how i see it because because you, it's a tape show so say you have this botch finish right i mean it, it it's not hard on the spot out there it's not like it's a live show and the crowds are going to be like, oh, boo, they're... It's not live. Like, go back, cut the, cut the scene, go run it again. They could have done this numerous times on this. And a lot of it is you got to have a good set of eyes watching the show going, 
through the camera lens, and I'm sure they do, going, hey, 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 that, we got to redo that. You know, this is a top, this is a five star production because it really is like they have phenomenal production in terms of the camera, the studio, the sound, uh, all of that. I mean, sometimes I think their graphics and commercials they'd be better off without them because they fall so short of what the show production level is. Ricky Morton, um, it just you know it just doesn't fit. I mean, Ricky Morton's video would be great on a you know as a bootleg YouTube video. But it's not like we're on a we're on a million dollar production, you know. So you at least think they'd see that commercial and go, "Hey, uh, love you, but we let's tweak this thing a little better than than iPhone quality." Um, and again, I, I'm taking shots at Ricky just as a, just to make you guys laugh. But, <laughs> I'm laughing. But I'm 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 asking why? How does that get on a show like that? You'd never see that on AEW or. Ring of Honor or any of these other shows, you never see a bootleg thing like that. Um, so I just think again, the big opportunities here, I think, were would just be again editing goes into this. So say they wrestle 15 minutes, but you only have eight minutes slotted for the, the show time. You to cut the match down, man. I mean, it's not hard, you know. <laughs> Especially when it's not a real crowd. Right, but even if you have a studio audience, Devin, they're, they're, they know they're there for that. You know, it's a studio audience. Like, Jay, you were there live. Like, would that bother you? I mean, you're there live. You know why you're there. You're there to be the studio crowd. When It's not a live event. When, when I went press. to the show, when, when I was at the Atlanta uh, TV taping, they, they went through everything. They didn't stop and restart. I think they restarted an introduction once and that's it they didn't change much of the show but if they did i mean i mean like you said it's a studio audience they're there for that specific reason um and i've been at wwe shows where they were filming content for you know the secondary shows and if the match sucked they went out there and redid it right and 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 that's the wwe right right well and, and i would say this too like it's not hard to send a face wrestler out there on a microphone and be like, "Hey guys, I know you're gonna hate to get more wrestling tonight, but we had a few hiccups in our show. We need to make sure we've got we've got good reel uh, to to put in certain segments of the show. Hey, enjoy. You know, p- please interact. Please, please, please help us out a little bit here because we're just you know we all know what we're here trying to do. You know." So that, that those that, that's just a little tidbit that could help help because it, I think having the shorter matches is fine. I just think it makes it hard when you guys talk about impromptu wrestling. It gets hard to impromptu in a six minute match. You know, like like it's bam bam bam. You just got you almost have to call everything in a match like that because everything has to matter. Like and all of it has to be timed just right, or it just doesn't come out right. And and it's a lot harder. I, I I just telling you firsthand, it's a lot harder than when you say, okay, you got 12 minutes or 10, 10, 12 to go out there and tell a story. Well, shoot, you know, cut the match down for TV if you need to cut certain segments out. It wouldn't be hard to do that. Now, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm against. I'll be bloody honest. And I know WWE does it, and 
or has done it in the past and I didn't like it then, so I'm gonna stay consistent. I'm not a big fan of, you know, I always say a botch isn't a botch unless you, except for under two circumstances. One, you ignore it, or two, you go right back and do the exact same thing. I mean, I was in a, when I went to the NWA show that they did just before WrestleMania in Fort Worth a few years back, the, of all people, the ring announcer is the one that botched a three-way match because he said, uh, he said after the pinfall, it was a, it was a, what do you call it? Triple threat or whatever. Just one pinfall to win the match. But the ring announcer after the pinfall goes, goes, so-and-so's been eliminated. And Lance Hoyt, Lance Hoyt and uh, Raymond Rowe are staring at each other because the match is supposed to be over. And they're like, okay. And Hoyt or Hoyt charges and Rowe hits him with something and hits a finisher and they get a three count off of that. <laughs> you know, now the match is over and it made sense to what the ring announcer said. <laughs> yeah, there was about a there was about a five second pause. I mean, I'll be honest they, they they did look at each other confused, but but then they did it. They did something different. They did something. They did what needs to be done. To take care of the situation, and you know that's what I'm saying. Hey, if they wrestle for 15 minutes, but you only got eight minutes to plug it in, and you can find smooth cuts, that's one thing. But I would be opposed to going. Oops, we screwed up, everybody. And although the NWA audience, for the most part, is made up of hardcore fans, like Kevin says, who will all understand or do it or whatever, you know, I think the ultimate goal, you need to learn to improvise one way or the other, because at some point you're going to be out in live, you know, in front of live people paying, paying for tickets. And no, they don't want you to come out in the middle of the thing. Oh my God, did no. we blow that match? So we're going to redo it here after this next one. Yeah, you better learn. <laughs> well, and I would say, I would say, yeah, in that scenario, I, and that's in the back of my mind as I was talking, is that you know when you're at a pay per view, the matches are longer, you have a captive audience, you're not looking at a, a television type scenario. Which again, we had a pay per, these are pay per view as well, so you do have a captive audience. Um, again, I, I I think that's a little different of a circumstance. I think you got to let it ride in that circumstance. Um, but uh, honestly, either or, I think I think both are good opinions. Like I think what you're saying is right. I, you want to get it right the first time, you know. I, I hard to disagree either way. And, and you really can't. Like at the bottom line, we talked about this last week, and Kevin, you said nope, they don't get a pass. Because I was bringing up the fact that hey, there's some ring rust. There's some guys who aren't in ring shape. You said no, they don't get a pass. Which, okay, they don't get a pass. But we do know that after three days of TV taping, or was it four, I'm not sure, that that was it. And we got a battle royal, and we got a women's match next week, and that's and that's probably it. And then they're going to tape more matches in June for the next round of, of shows. And hopefully we're going to get some more 
quality booking. We're going to see better wrestling. And hopefully the ring rust and out of shapeness is kind of being dusted off as we speak. So that when these guys get back into the ring on June 6th for the pay-per-view and the subsequent television tapings, we're going to get a better product. I mean, the director will be in better spot. The editor will be in, be- in a better spot. The cameraman will be in better spots. Joe Galley has been gold, so I have no complaints about him. But we have, uh, you know, Velvet Sky now has, uh, you know, a whole uh, eight weeks of television under her belt. Now she's going to be a little bit better. Everyone involved should be a little bit better. And if they're not, someone should hold them accountable. And I'm, when I say someone, I mean you, the audience. If this isn't a good program, you need to come out and say it because there's too many people out there wearing the emperor's new clothes and and, and they're they're just closing a blind eye saying, yeah, this is great, this is quality, when it hasn't been. Honestly, that's one thing you're getting on this show that you might not get anywhere else is we're honestly telling you that this hasn't been as good as it should be. We all believe in this product. That's why we're here. We all believe in this product. Let me jump in. I'm buying the paper. Even if you didn't give me the... Uh, you know why NWA and Nick all this? Because of these two guys. Because of the guys over here in the chat room. It's for you guys. Because I love doing this. Honestly. And I love wrestling. Uh, I'm buying the pay-per-view. I'm, I'm, I haven't canceled my subscription either. I'm going to watch the next round. So, don't like what we say all you want. But you can't say we're not committed. You can't say we don't love the product. We should be committed. Uh, and, 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 it, and it's like kind of goes back to what I was saying before that, you know, I don't, I, we're not, maybe, maybe Jay, but I'm not doing this vocationally. Uh, this is more, this is more because I like hanging out with the, with, with my boys on a Thursday night talking about wrestling because we all love it. And honestly, I think we all love NWA maybe more than we should. <laughs> But anyway, Jay, sorry to jump butt in on you. No, no. I mean, but that's that's just it, right? So it, it, as Kevin was saying, as I'm saying, as DKM will say, we all, we're all a fan of the brand. It, it's not like we dislike these wrestlers. With everything that Nick Aldis has said in the last week, I still think he's a great world heavyweight champion. I still think very highly of, of him as a competitor. I still think that maybe he is the best guy to hold the 10 pounds of gold. Am I kind of tired of seeing him in the ring? Yes. Am I kind of tired of these accolades that people keep talking about when he hasn't defended the title, but maybe twice in 2021? Yes. But do I still think he's a phenomenal athlete and one of the best in the world? Yes. One correction there. What's that? We're not tired of seeing him in the ring because we don't see him in the ring. Correct. We're tired of him starting off every episode of the show except two now. Right. So, and I, and, I, and I would say that has less to do with him and more to do with just creative programming. I mean, I don't think any of us have a problem with him on the mic. No, he's a no, he's a good promo. He, he's a great promo. He might be the second best guy on the show, but uh, but again, it's like uh, we want we want this to continue to grow. I don't want the Nick Aldis show. I just want Nick Aldis on this show. If that makes any sense. But we're going to wrap it up, guys, because we've talked about the show. We'll be back here next week to continue to talk about the show. And, of course, I'll be here on Tuesday to get you set up for the pre-party of NWA Power. What's that? We have to do this again? Yes. (laughs) We get to do this again, DK. We get to do this again. I need to reread my contract. 
<laughs> you're you're working without a contract, buddy. This you're gonna get 10.99 at the end of the year. Um, real quick, Kakushi says, "How come the most important part and most advertised part of the pay per view is the new song, and it's not been hyped by the three of us?" I actually have a. I know why we have a hyped it. I don't care, but I actually have a theory as to why that's the most hyped. And to be completely honest I don't think they had a clue what was going to be on the pay-per-view other than some vague ideas when they did this set of tapings sure I mean I I think they figured that they'll probably build towards you know Aldous and whoever they put him in the ring with if it's Murdoch or and you know maybe with the tag team titles but outside of that I don't think they really had much of a clue personal opinion but there's not really anything in the show that's been building up to say you know here's your five or six you know match card yeah well, I mean, I'll, I'll, give my, I'll give you my mock card if y'all want or you want to wait for a week let's let's save that for next week because it will be leading right up to it um, but we are going to end it here guys so again I want to thank you for everyone who was watching again Kevin always says it but you guys are an equally important part of the show it's so much fun to hang out with you guys uh, we get Kakushi in the house Jimmy, Terry uh, I don't want to leave anyone out but there's Lamb, there's there's Dave Scooby uh, all of you guys really do make this show so enjoyable and if I forgot your name Chris Drummond um, uh, Sean Mega, you know, you guys really do help make this show fun for us every week. So we do appreciate you being here. Um, secondly, for those of you who picked up the shirt or are planning to pick up the shirt, thank you. Kevin mentioned that uh, he doesn't get paid for the show. This show doesn't make money. Those t-shirts will make money, but uh, we do appreciate that. That is very kind of you. Um, and, and what we're doing is uh, making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Uh, so I do thank you guys for uh, again uh, being a part of this podcast and and contributing to the to the t-shirts that really does mean a lot. Mm-hmm.